Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message. of a Christian. Maybe you've had a sense, however quiet or loud, however subdued or obnoxious, you have this, this voice, this sense that something is telling you you do not have what it takes. If, if that does not describe you at all one bit in your life, you can feel free to fall asleep for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> Um, this happens to, to many of us, if not all of us. Uh, maybe it's this sense that as a Christian, there's just some kind of idea or some thought that you just don't quite grasp yet, and you're still waiting to understand. Maybe it's this sense or this image that you have of something you should be, you ought to be, and you can't quite attain it. It seems that you're always at the cusp, but you never quite get there. Maybe your life feels too chaotic, too stressful to be one called filled with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're just tired, and you're so tired you're afraid that if you sit down for one minute to rest, you won't get back up. We all try to to, um, have these these personas or these images we try to live into, we, we try to embody, whether it's being a a warm and gracious father, a wise father. It could be a, a hard worker, a, a disciplined student. It could be that you um, want to be a well put together, very motherly mom. And we know that we, we do everything we can, but at some point there's this fear that we will uh, give out at some point. We do not have what it takes, and that moment will prove to the world there's, there's a time when I felt this way uh, as, an, as an imposter, as, as someone not quite up to the task. And I hope you're gracious with me because it, it happened on a Sunday morning as I was getting up to preach to you all. This probably was like, uh, I don't know, maybe last fall. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. And I don't really know what happened except that I woke up that morning feeling really, really tired. I woke up that morning kind of low energy, low focus, and here I am, supposed to embody this, this persona, this, this sense of being like, good preacher man, yeah? Um, I'm supposed to do well. And, and like, just, just to show up seemed to take everything out of me. Have you felt like that before? I um, don't know what happened the night before. I'm, I'm imagining I probably ate frozen pizza and candy. That's probably all, all it was. But I remember feeling that morning, sort of asking this question, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to show up, even to worship, to be with people? Um, it wasn't so much a question. You know, it's more of a statement of doubt. It's, the implicit answer is no, you don't. You're tired. Um, and um, I, I didn't intend that to be a prayer or anything, but I think God was eavesdropping on me because he gave me an answer. And it surprised me. And I think the answer will surprise you. I think it might. Um, the, but, but first, 
I want to ask you, do you ever feel that way? With, with all the crises in your life, with all the responsibility, with all the hurry, with all the things you have to manage, do you ever feel like you have, do you ever doubt that you have what it takes to live a Christian life? That question puts you on a certain direction. That's the thing with that question. It, it's sort of like if you put, grabs you and puts you on I-88 and you're straight to Chicago. And it doesn't quite matter if you answer yes or no. If you're on the left lane or the right lane, you're still going the same direction. That's the direction in this case of maybe a sense of performance or achievement, that there's something you have to do and you have to get there. That's that highway. Um, this, this, though, is a catch-22. I mean, what is God supposed to say to me that morning? Is he going to say, yes, if champ, you got what it takes. You know, don't, don't worry about how tired you are. Don't, that's, that's fleeting emotional stuff. You know, don't worry about that. He's not going to say that. He's not going to say, no, you're terrible. You feel awful. You should quit right now. What is, what is God going to say? What does he say to all of us when we ask, do I have what it takes? That morning, I, I asked that question. Do I have what it takes? And God's answer astounded me. He said, you... He said, there is nothing to have. There is nothing to have. At that moment, he saw that I was on that highway to Chicago. Right? It doesn't matter, yes or no. And what he did, he picked me up, and he said, you're going the wrong direction, buddy. And he put me on a different path. And he put me down the path toward him. There is nothing to have. There is no amount of it that anyone can attain, that anyone can accomplish, to have real security in the Lord and in his church. There is nothing you can muster. There is no toil that you can perform that will give you greater access to the Lord, that will give you a sense of His presence and peace with you. If you find yourself toiling or working, that's the wrong direction. There's one direction we must all walk. And this morning, we have a brother and sister we're going to model that way for us. Kareth and Arthur are going to give their life to Jesus. And what are they doing? They're not performing. They are leaning back and resting. To be a child of God is to rest as his child. It is not to toil, it is not to muster, it is not to say yes or no, I have what it takes. It is to rest. To rest as an adopted child, beloved, treasured of God. To be in God's family is to rest as his child. Baptism is an entrance into this family. It is the very beginning of participating. It is that, right, that moment where God says, you do not need to go this way anymore. Let us go this way. It's, to me, as if, like, we're on that highway and all the way at the very front of this caravan, a very, very long caravan, you see Jesus. Jesus at the very front, leading the way. We see this in our, in our, in our gospel reading. 
in um, page 10, I think it is, in the bulletin, you'll see in verse 21. I love this verse because it's so simple. There's like no spectacular anything about it. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. It's pretty lovely, actually. Kind of restful to me. It's that solidarity piece, though, too. There's, um, there's an image it gave me. It's being at the store, waiting in line, a very mundane thing. We, we have to do, and it's okay. It's sometimes a little less okay than other times. But here we are. I'm, I'm imagining myself at an Aldi. Maybe you could imagine yourself at your store. And I'm imagining myself buying something I've recently started liking, which is their, their Gouda cheese. They got these little snack cheeses. I, I like to buy that. And if you're sorry, if you're dairy-free or lactose intolerant, I don't want you to associate the gospel with Gouda cheese. But uh, so, so imagine what you would like. It's waiting in line. I got this Gouda cheese in my hand. And, you know, I've heard good things about it. John the Baptist has been raving. And I'm like, well, maybe give it a shot. Um, but here I am just kind of waiting in line. Looking up front, I see Jesus in line as well. Yeah, you know, just Jesus there holding a Gouda cheese. He's, he's also in line. He's, he's there with us in that mundane, everyday kind of situation. He is there. And that's the very first step we see. It's solidarity. Jesus comes. Why is Jesus being baptized? Taking the baptism of repentance. This is God himself. Except to be with us and show us the way. So, so scene two. Jesus steps up to the register and he purchases the Gouda cheese. And lo and behold, upon purchasing these things, these good things, the sliding door of heaven opens, right? And then this bird just kind of flutters in and perches on his shoulder. And I don't think Aldi has a loudspeaker, but the loudspeaker goes out and it says, this is my beloved son in whom I have great delight. It's such a, a, a beautiful moment where you see yourself standing in line on the same path as Jesus. You see yourself holding that very same thing, the baptism, the Gouda cheese. And you're like, man, I really got to try this Gouda cheese. This is so wonderful. Um, you see what Jesus has, what Jesus has received because he went through baptism and we are invited in that same line, in that same path of rest. Paul says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God because all of you were baptized into Christ. You are children of God because you were baptized. What does family do then? If we are called into the family of God, if we are called to follow Jesus, who is by nature, the Son of God, and we are, by adoption, sons and daughters, what does that make us but family? What does that make us but brothers and sisters? So the question is, what does family do? What does family do? Uh, of course, they, they, they live together, yeah? They, they eat together. They uh, make jokes together. They play together. They watch movies together. Yeah? Is that what we do? Yeah. We, we laugh together. We, we suffer together. We get COVID together. <laughs> we, we interrupt each other. Then we also listen 
and we argue, but then we reconcile. This, this is what family does. And there's a word that has been on my mind for the last few months um, that I want to share with you, which I think captures all this, and that's the word belong. Family belong to, family members belong to one another, and we belong to one another. This is what we're called to be. This is what we're invited to be. As we rest, we also belong. And belonging to one another is not some gospel-adjacent kind of secondary thing. This is the very act of God in us and through us. This is what he is doing through the church. When people come together, they establish relationships. And it's in those relationships that familyness can happen, right? You, you, can, you can have father and mother and child and not truly have a family. But when members do come together and they belong to one another, they create family. And so as we relate to one another, as we are invited to belong to one another and participate in that, the family of God happens. Us belonging to one another is what makes the kingdom of God occur here in our midst. The family of God is where the kingdom is fulfilled. So we are invited in our baptisms both to rest as child and to reject that other way, but then also to belong to one another. Not to perform for one another, not to always be on top of it for one another, but to belong to one another. This is our call. And if you are here this morning and you've never been baptized, or you have no clue what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to rest as child, that is very foreign to you. I want to encourage you to explore that question, to think about that question, to ponder, to maybe even pray about it, and also to be bold and curious and, and start a conversation with someone. Ask someone what it means to be baptized and see what they say. I want to invite you to search for Jesus because he is your true rest. And if you have been baptized, if you know the Lord, I want to call you this morning to a very holy work. And that is the work of remembering. Remembering all these things that I'm sharing with you. Remember that when you were baptized, you were given a new identity. You were given sonship and daughterhood. God has called you beloved. You cannot be an imposter if you have been called son by God, by daughter, by the Lord. Remember, remember that our task is not to work. That is not what we're called to do. We were freed from slavery. We are called to rest. We're called to restless children. Remember, remember that the people you are here with are your brothers and sisters. So let's belong to one another and live life together. Let us spend time together as we are able. Let us have conflicts and resolve them. Let us watch movies together and do what we need 
Let us interrupt each other and encourage one another, all in love. Remember that we are here not just to, to meet one another's needs, but to be present to one another. To be present and to love and be loved by one another. And finally, the last thing, remember that as we practice rest and as we practice belonging, what we are doing here is all we ever need to do. Resting and belonging is all we ever need to do because as we participate in God's family, God's kingdom is fulfilled. God is at work among us. So may you today receive the grace of being reminded that you are loved and called to rest and to belong to one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.